welcome to Girl Power Hour. This is Fierce Female Wednesday, and we're excited about this show. Before we get started, though, um, there are a couple of things I wanted to say. We've been here in, in Lubbock, we've been blessed with some really nice, gentle rain. Uh, the DFW area, Dallas-Fort Worth area, has not. They have had horrible, horrible hail, lots of damage, injured people. Um, so we just want to send our thoughts out to them and and hope that they get everything. People are really coming together and working like they did with the tornado just recently. And, and um, hopefully everything gets back to normal for them. But I do hear there may be some more rain coming to them. So just keep them in your thoughts. And also, it's been really apparent to me the last couple of weeks that people have been losing a lot of their loved ones and friends and family. And uh, today I know of two people, friends of mine, who are burying two people that they loved very much. So let's just send some good thoughts out to those people who all over who might be losing um, people that they love and be with them during their grief because it's really really a bad time. It doesn't get easier, as I was telling one of them today. So anyway, I'm here with Tasha. Hey, Tasha. Hi, Annette. So happy to be on the show today. My goodness, this is like a Wednesday I've been looking forward to since we scheduled it. So I couldn't be more excited about the show. Me too. We've got Skylar Liberty Rose here in the house or on the phone. I wish she was in the house. That would be pretty cool. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Sasha, I'm going to let you take it away, and um, I'm going to be jumping in occasionally as we get started. Okay. Okay, first of all, let me just say, um, before I even introduce this amazing woman we have on today, let me just say that I know there are listeners out there um, that are super excited to not only hear the beautiful voice of Skylar Liberty Rose, as we have come to adore with her videos, um, but also just want to get to know this woman. And there is no way we can cover all the information that we all want to get from her today. So we're going to have her on you know, multiple times throughout our show's duration. And I would like to encourage listeners to send in questions or you know, topics, things that you would like to hear uh, from Skylar Liberty Rose, things that you want answered, questions about your, you know, personal situation that you might think she might have some empowerment bits for you, or, or maybe you just want to know something specific about her or her blog or any one of her many amazing articles, please feel free to send those questions our way, uh, facebook.com backslash girlpowerhour, and we can use those for show material in the next few times that we have Skylar on. And speaking of Skylar... Skylar Liberty Rose is with us today. Hello, Skylar. Hello, Tasha. Hi, Annette. And thank you so much for having me join you today. It's a real honor to be able to talk to you guys on the show. Uh, we are just absolutely honored. And I have, I'm not lying when I say that. I've been so excited about it. I even had the nervous butterflies today before the show, which I typically <laughs> don't have. So today Aww. it was like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to get to talk to Skylar. So it was a very, uh, very exciting thing. No, um, it's, a, wanna... it's an absolute pleasure. Oh, yeah, good. 
Well, I do want to uh, just jump right in because there's so many things I, I know I personally want to talk about, and I'm, I know Annette does too, so has her. she has her specific things too. So one thing I just want you to start with, obviously, you know, you have this blog that you run, the SkylarLibertyRose.com. If you're not familiar, listeners, by all means, go to SkylarLibertyRose.com and, and check it out. But Tell us what inspired you to begin writing. What inspired you to begin this this blog and become this writer that you have become and the empowerment warrior that you are? Well, um, my own writing journey really started as a means of me finding a release from some of the noise in my head. Um, I'd been through quite a challenging period which had seen me deal with some toxic relationships and I'd had a struggle with bulimia. Um, I dealt with some, some really difficult periods of depression and I'd had a few years um, at least where I literally just felt as though I was bouncing from one crisis to another. And I felt... At the tail end of that, I really felt as though I I felt drawn to use words as a form of creative expression. So I began my own blog um, at that point. And initially, I was just really writing to help me process some of my thoughts and feelings. I was just trying to find a way to make sense of my emotions. Um, I wasn't really writing with an audience in mind at that point, but I I was writing for myself, and it was by doing that that I began to get my own sense of empowerment. Um, and then after a while, I began to get my work published on other sites as well as my own website. Um, and I started to get feedback then from other people uh, that said to me that my words had resonated with them and that after reading some of my work um, they felt as though they they had some tools that would help them to help themselves become more empowered so yeah that's really how my work my writing began for me and also how it began to take shape with an empowerment focus and from there I started to write more in mind with the audience I wanted to help, um, which was largely women. Um, it's not just for women, but my focus has been on women probably um, for the last year especially. Um, that's been something that's grown. Yeah, and I and that's the next thing that I, and I've absolutely I, – I have looked through your site quite a few times, but today I really was focusing – on a few things, and I so I wanted to share. First of all, again, if, if listeners haven't gone to this blog at SkylarLibertyRose.com, this website, um, you can actually read different aspects um, about her. You can also go to the Fierce Female Shop. There's a Hall of Fierce. There's conversations with creators. There's Wild Moon Woman Shop. There's all these different uh, aspects of this site you can visit. But the Fierce Female Fierce Females concept that that project and the Hall of Fierce is something that has truly empowered numerous women. And I know for me, it, it, it's been something I've been kind of using that, that language more and more as a result of getting to know you. Um, so thank you for mm -hmm. that. 
Um, Thank you. I wanted I wanted you to kind of give us the uh, inspiration for that. What what really started your focus on women, other than being a woman? Because I mean, I know that like well, you know, many people might just assume that that was it, but I know that there's more to it because I've watched your video about how you became. You know, you, you started to kind of see that we really need to empower each other. And, and then I believe that's kind of how the Fierce Females and Hall of Fierce came about. So tell us that story. Sure. Um, well, Fierce Females began initially as an article that I wrote, which was uh, 15 Mantras for Fierce Females. Um, and I wrote that article because I, I kept seeing so many amazing inspirational quotes, but they were quotes that really had a focus on being very gentle, very loving. Um, and I love those kind of quotes, but there were days when I just felt as though they didn't really resonate with me and that I wanted something that was a little bit more kind of, you know, motivational with like strength and passion and vigor. And I, I was searching for something that I couldn't seem to find. So I just thought, well, you know, let me write it. Let me write the kind of content that I'm looking for. Um, and I did. And um, I wrote the mantras um, with the viewpoint that I think women are still very much encouraged to play down their strengths and their passions. Um, and in the same way that men are discouraged from displaying so-called feminine characteristics um and I, I hesitate to label kind of the masculine and feminine either way but i'm just I'm using that description because it's uh something most people can kind of identify with um but i wanted women to feel good about their strength i wanted them to feel good about their fierceness and that's how the mantras were born and I got such an amazing response from the article. Um, and it, it, like I say, it was just 15 mantras um, for fierce females. It wasn't a, a lengthy piece. It was kind of just like, you know, bam, 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 you know, here's the mantras. And it was published by the Huffington Post and Positively Positive. And I got hundreds of messages from women who just were saying that they really felt motivated to pursue their passions after reading the mantras and it, it just seemed to spark something in women um which proved to me that women really connect to the idea of being fierce just as much as they connect to the idea of being feminine in the kind of more traditional way that we've been taught to you know to view femininity um so fierce females kind of went from being an article to essentially being more of a movement um, because, it, like I say, people, uh, women just seem to really connect with it. Um, it's not about being fearless. And personally, I don't identify with the word fearless. I never have. I absolutely feel fear. I really, really do. But I have learned to take that fear and turn it into my fears. Um I love that. It's, yeah, and I, so you know what? It's just that simple shift. It's like because we're taught to be to be frightened of our fear. You know, fear is a bad thing. We, we must get rid of it. it. It's got to somehow be squashed down or ignored. And I believe that that's how we are best 
um, to address our fear, I think it's acknowledging our fear is awesome because it that automatically takes out some of the the um, you know, scary side of it. Um, but it's like, okay, so this is a an emotion that I'm feeling. It's a like a, a response that my body is kind of coming up with. So how can I use that? How can I if you think of it as fuel, like so it's like, okay, I have some fuel here. How can I use that fuel? You know, what can I create from that? What can I turn it into? And for me it's fear becomes fierce. Um and I, again, I think that's that's something that other women are, um, and I'm sure men are able to connect to. Um, and I do want to say something about um, why this is for women, um, because I've been called out before um, online <laughs> about why I specify women. Um, and one of the things I often find is when the article is, is shared around or any of my similar work is shared around, there's generally a comment or two floating around that says, okay, but what about men? Um, you know, this is, this is not um, a good way of looking at things because it's gender specific. And my answer to that is, as actually you pointed out, Sasha, the simple answer is that I am a woman and so it's my celebration of my gender. It's my own self-expression. But you know, Honestly, it's also a big part of it is as long as there are such things as wage inequality and female feticide and genital mutilation and the countless other challenges that women have to deal with still in 2016 all over the world, I will keep flying the flag for women and I don't, I don't feel as though I need to apologize for that. Um, no, you do not. And let me just say that right now I can feel fists in the air all over the world listening to this <laughs> as a result of what you just stated. I 100% agree. Right. And I I don't want it to be, um, like I said, it's a celebration. It's not about a segregation for me. But right. And I, another thing that I'm very mindful of is that for many people, gender is significant in as much as we have trans, um, transgender people who really feel that a physical transition is necessary for their own self-expression and their own identity. So um, it, gender is quite often for many of us something that we um, not necessarily define ourselves by, but that we feel an attachment to. Having said that, I do also recognize and respect that some individuals, many individuals are gender fluid or they don't identify with a specific gender and I do acknowledge and understand that not everyone feels the same way. Um, but it, it's not, my celebration of women isn't about being condescending to anyone else, but it, it's definitely about honoring my own individual expression. And, um, and again, I think that's something that other people can relate to. I've also had a lot of men that have been like, yeah, go. Like, my own Tyler, husband, can especially. I jump, can I jump in here for a second? Sure. I I think also what the Fierce Female Movement is doing, it is helping to raise um, young boys into men who have those same values, who can celebrate who they are, but also celebrate the female, can celebrate the differences, can celebrate 
um, knowing who they are and being okay with it and also being okay with whoever the guy or the girl or the transgender or whatever is, you know, whoever is next to them. And absolutely. I think that I think it's really important to, to realize that. And, um, you know, it isn't about segregation. Like you said, it is about empowering everybody and raising those children up that don't have, the issues that, you know, I might have grown up with and had seen, you know, growing up. And, I'm, I, you know, my newest grandson has a dollhouse. He has a baby doll that he carries around like his mama carries him, <laughs> you know, in a carrier. Uh-huh. So, and I'm seeing this all over where these young women are helping to raise up children who don't see the differences but see the oneness. Absolutely. I, I'm seeing it too. And I, I champion that all the way because, you know, that's how we affect change by this is, yes, this is um, about my celebration of, of being female, but I'm, I'm very um, intent on kind of spreading a message that, that is about, you know, elevating one gender doesn't mean that we have to try and um, suppress or uh, ridicule anyone else. It's, it's not about women are better than men or anything like that. It's, it's about equality and it's about honoring our individual expression and just allowing, creating space in this world so that um, individual expression can be acknowledged and honored. Um, and I think that that, whatever anyone's preferences or whatever their gender is, I think that's something that everybody deserves to have. Agreed, Absolutely. 100%. And and I want to share really quickly before we move on and talk about the Hall of Fears. Um, I, I do, for those who haven't read it, um, if you haven't read the 15 Mantras for Fierce Females, by all means, go read it. HuffingtonPost.com, you can look it up there, but I can give you just the um, just the, the the bits and pieces of the mantras, and, and, and I won't give all that's in the article. Again, you can read it online at HuffingtonPost.com. Um, but I'll read the 15 to you. One, know your worth. State your purpose. Wear your hair wild sometimes. Dive into your power. Empower others. Rock your own look. Don't dilute your dreams. Read the books that speak to your heart and inspire your mind. Be bold. Be brazen. Forgive. Use every grief, loss, hurt, and ache you've ever felt as fuel to drive you forward. Trust the voice within. Find your fighting song. Don't hide your vulnerability. Celebrate who you are without omitting your flaws. And there's a bonus mantra. (laughs) Know that the greatest goddess was once the wounded woman. She has known pain, and through it she has found strength. Just like you can take all your battle scars and wear them with pride. You're a survivor. It's brilliantly written, and as she stated, as, as Skylar stated, it, it is not like a long, lengthy article to read through. These are the mantras and the descriptors of them. So, uh, thank you for sharing that with the world, Skylar. Thank it's greatly you. Um, the Hall of Fears. You started that where you're uh, the first person that you had on, Annette and I know and love as well, Elizabeth Welch. Yes. Um, 
So, so we were very excited, and I believe that we both shared, uh, we, you know, when you put her in the Hall of Fears, we both shared that on our personal pages. So, you know, tell us how that became. I know that you know this is the the idea of celebrating fierce females, but the Hall of Fears, what does that entail? Um, the Hall of Fears really began as a thought that I had towards the end of last year. Um, I'd started to realize that as my own online community had built up, I was connecting with more and more women and I was getting and giving more and more support. And it was very much a, a kind of a two-way thing. And I, I, it just started off this kind of chain of thought in my head because for years I used to think that other women were my competition, um, partly because of upbringing, partly because of social conditioning, and then that was reinforced by so many kind of um, mainstream media channels who just love to pit women against each other, basically. And I kept thinking, this isn't right. It, it doesn't feel right to be in that mode. I, I don't want to feel as though other women are the enemy. Um, and in fact, I, I want to celebrate them. So I thought about ways that I could do that. And then... I had the idea that in 2016, each Friday, I would give a shout-out to another female. So I decided to cement it by creating a space on my website where I could share details about each female that I was featuring. Um, and it was my way of saying to the world, you know, look at this awesome woman. Look at what she's doing. Isn't she amazing? And just really bigging up other women. Um, I wanted it to be a celebration of women who were saying yes to themselves and encouraging other women to also do the same. But it was really important to me that it wasn't... I wanted it to be something that other women would relate to. I didn't want it to be an elite group, and I, I really don't do elite groups ever. <laughs> Um, I wasn't interested in featuring celebrities. I didn't want it to be about people of great wealth or like huge privilege. I just wanted it to be about real women with real lives who are getting up every day and holding it down, living their truth and pursuing their passions because it mattered to me that other women could identify with them. Um, so that's that was the thought behind it. And then it got to... About one week before Christmas, um, sorry, one week before the New Year, and I, I realised I hadn't actually got my act together at all, and I hadn't approached anybody about being involved in the project. So um, I'd already jotted down a few names, like a couple of months prior to that, of women that I really, really wanted to approach. And top of the list was Elizabeth Welch, and I was like, okay, let me just do this. So I, I sent her an email and. In typical Elizabeth fashion, she was amazing and she was totally up for it. And I love the fact, I always smile when I think of her being the first first fierce female in the Hall of Fierce because um, Elizabeth and I, I think she did find me through my writing. I can't remember what article it was that kind of connected us, but there had been a point when um, we'd been connected on Facebook for a while and, you know, kind of probably seen snippets of each other's lives through Facebook and then 
she sent me an email, a message, um, saying that she was thinking about opening her own business and um, creating this store. And, you know, she was kind of um, just um, explaining to me what, what her vision was. And I messaged her back and I was like, do it, do it, do it. This sounds great. And I was so excited for her. And then she did it. And I was... I just thought this is the kind of woman that I'm I'm just clapping for all the way because as far as I was aware, she didn't have access to hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, she wasn't the recipient of, of huge wealth and like um, great privilege, but she was a woman with a vision and she got out there and she made it happen. And I think she's exactly the kind of woman that other women can look at and think I can relate to you and you know look at her she's doing it I can do it too um and as I know that both of you guys know Elizabeth I I see from afar the difference that she's making in the community and her her thoughts about giving back to community and I I celebrate um her success all the way I'm really I'm clapping for her. I really am. So she was the first person, and since then it's just got better every week with every woman, um, including you, Tasha. I've been absolutely honoured to feature you. Um, and yeah, it's it's a huge celebration. It's um, like I say, I want other women to look at the Hall of Fears, feel motivated, feel as though they too can just get out there and go after what they want in this world. But also, it's a project that I really, I hope serves as a reminder that we are united and that when we celebrate each other, it really is akin to us celebrating ourselves. Um, I think that envy of other women, we just need to eliminate it because when we hold one woman back, we're holding all of us back. And when we celebrate one woman, we're celebrating all of us. So it's like I say, it's my kind of um, interpretation of, of how we can unite as 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 humans and especially as women. I 100% agree. If you could see me, you could see that I'm nodding along with everything that you say. <laughs> and again, that last piece, you know, about if you hold one woman back, you're holding us all back. Man, I mean, again, fist in the air on that one too because, you know, I went to your uh, website and you have Empowerment Bites, which – Again, if if you haven't visited her website, skylarlibertyrose.com, there's empowerment bites on there. And and the first one I see is if you want to fly higher, let go of jealousy. And I love that. I think it resonates right there with what you're saying. You know, you have to really let go of that and celebrate those because it raises you up and it it continues to raise your vibration. And that brings more, you know, to you and, and those around you. And I think it's a, it's a brilliant thing that you're saying. I totally agree. And I know that our listeners agree as well. And, and it's refreshing to hear it. Yeah. And I really do believe in it. Um, and I think I, I believe in it because I've, I've just found such truth in that. Um, I didn't always used to feel that way. Like I say, um, upbringing, social conditioning, messages from the media, they don't, really like women to unite um there's you know sometimes there's um articles written that uh suggest that but i actually put something out the other day that said you know the world is like shine your light and then the world says no that's too bright so we're constantly kind of trying to filter these messages that we get and um it's confusing sometimes and i think that um 
it starts with how we're raised and the environment that we're in. Um, and if we're constantly told that other women are our competition, you know, we grow up not only believing that but reinforcing it. And it really doesn't have to be that way because we have so much more in common than we do, um, than we have um, that keeps us apart. So I think if we focus on what unites us and celebrate each other's differences as much as anything else, then we hopefully we create a, a world that is just more more tolerant, more accepting, uh, accepting and more loving. I agree, and you know, I I, I do believe uh, you're correct to say that there's so much social programming in that way of keeping us against each other. And, you know, there's Mm. oftentimes I have that whole conspiracy thought that maybe it's just because if we were like to join forces, boy, what a force we would be. Um, The idea that, you know, there is power in numbers. And so whenever we really start to uh, get together and, and back each other up and, and start to celebrate each other and applaud each other and, and move together rather than against each other. Then some of those things that you mentioned earlier, um, you know, that, that we still have to fight against would probably dissipate pretty quickly because we would be standing together against them. Right. And I think that, you know, perhaps without kind of going too far into it, but in a, a world that is pretty much dominated by patriarchy, that that's a frightening thought for a lot of people. So, um, but on a on a personal um, level, I can't tell you that this project has just been amazing because, for starters, everyone that I've approached that's been interested in being featured, I've had, um, as you know, Tasha, like a, an exchange of emails, kind of going back and forth, and within those emails, I've I've found out so much about these women. Um, that they're not on pedestals, that, you know, they have fears and challenges and struggles, but they're still getting out there and doing things. Um, and I've, I've just felt this unity, this bond with these women as the kind of email exchange has, has gone on. Um, and I put out a video post where I said, you know, when, when I see um, Patricia Melness, um, who I featured in the Hall of Fifth, she was recently at the UN, and I um, I went to go and listen to her speak. I was in tears because I was so moved by everything that she's achieving. I can't imagine, you know, looking at her and thinking, "Oh gosh, she's my competition. Why aren't I up there? Why aren't I addressing the UN?" If anything, it just inspires me to keep reaching and, you know, like just keep aiming higher but I think the way for all of us to succeed is by just supporting each other because there's nothing more amazing than I've said before you you know clap for your sisters because when they clap back for you it's incredible it really really is and there is another way we don't have to just live in envy of each other there's there's another way to to move up the ladder here and you know you you on, to add to that, you're on your Real and Raw on your website. You have your videos posted, and one of them that I watched, you said something about, you know, the idea of clapping for your sisters, and then they clap back for you. But also the fact that there's enough to go around. You know, when you sit there and you have that jealousy of why am I not on the stage? Why am I not addressing the UN? The truth of the matter is, at some point you can. You know, there's plenty exactly. to go around. And I love that you say that. 
Yeah, and I really believe in it. And that's another thing that um, we need to kind of shake off of um, the social conditioning, etc. is that there's a lack of everything. And this isn't just about um, women's achievements. This is, an, you know, a, a huge kind of global scale. This is the reason that um, bigotry is still in existence because people focus on the lack. And when we focus on lack, then we we start to get greedy because we think that there's a, a necessity to be greedy. Um, whereas if we if we can just accept and understand that actually yes, there is enough to go around, and if we if we live in a way that supports um, that belief, then we will live in abundance. It is absolutely possible, and I mean abundance on every level. But um, we yeah, I don't ever see that somebody else achieving their goals needs to mean that somehow I'm not going to achieve mine. I just think, great, pave the way because, you know, <laughs> then we can, we all have more opportunities. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's also important when you, when you do have success to, to kind of just, you know, give back to communities and, um, think about what your, your human message is, um, you know, if if you enjoy financial success, do you really need to go and buy five mansions and three boats? Maybe not. Maybe you can help other people. So I think it's just, you know, having those kind of um, thoughts in our head about how we can actually make a difference and help other people is, is, always, um, is always a good thing. I completely agree as well. And, you know, I've I know that the the thing that you do is constantly empowering and looking at other people and how they how they put something into the world and and realizing that there is like you said focus on on the fact that there is plenty and that there isn't a lack so you continue to do that and it seems to and I could be wrong here because I don't know but it seems to me you're trying to do that again with the conversations with creators is that something new that you've added to your to your site Yes definitely um I will be adding to that. Um, at the moment, um, uh, there's a conversation with Andrea Bolt, who is one of my absolute inspirations, um, and I'm sure many people have also come across her work. Um, she's, I mean, I encourage everyone to read the interview with her on the site. Um, but she reminds me on a daily basis that we we can live our art and that we don't have to, you know, exist within the kind of very limited boundaries that the world will try and place on us. Um, and she, her Instagram page and her Facebook page are, are filled with the most gorgeous um, poetry and um, insights and photography um and again she she is somebody who is just absolutely carving out her way in this world and i i have the utmost respect for her and what she's doing um and yeah i i do believe in um creativity as a healing tool and also as a tool for empowerment um which is why i'm very interested in you know having conversations with creators because I believe that creativity really allows us to explore our self-expression and that is then a platform to allow us to express ourselves in other ways. So 
I, I believe in creativity as a way to boost our self-esteem. Uh, completely. In fact, uh, we had Elizabeth Harbin on last week um, talking about the uh, the artist's way, which is a it, it is a, co- a course she offers. It's a book, but it's a course she offers to go through the book. And um, Annette has has gone through that course with Elizabeth, and and it is about you know using creativity as healing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I absolutely get behind anything like that. Um, I think as well that one of the things I love about creativity is that it there are no rules. Um, and so it, it's an amazing way to reconnect, to explore, to play, to do all of the things that as adults we, you know, we're, we're told not to do anymore. Um, and I think we, we lose that childlike quality of, of play and um, exploration because we, we grow up and we... Um, or we get older, should I say, and then we we start to become uh, more more aware of other people's thoughts and ideas about um, what's expected of us. And somewhere along the way, we we really lose just that that curiosity. And I think that I love the fact that um, adult coloring books, etc., are coming back for. Um, you know, making an appearance for um, adults because I just think, yeah, great, get lost in in creative play. That's what it's all about, and I think it unlocks something as well in in our hearts, in our minds. I think it's it's a great, great way to reconnect. I completely agree, and I I know for me personally, you know, being an artist and and someone uh, you know who has been creating for a long time, I can say that. I don't know that there's ever been a time that I've ever given up my sense of play and creativity. And it, it may be at times why, you know, society looked at me rather funny all the time because I was not, you know, really doing what quote unquote you're supposed to do. And the truth of it is right. there is no correct path. And we all know this now, you know, we, we're all aware that everyone takes a different path, but the, the inner child, and Annette and I discuss that often, the inner child really needs an opportunity to continue to be, you know, playful and creative. That's such a healing factor for us. Some of us, you know, as you stated, like you, you, you grow and somehow society imposes upon you these expectations, but also there are those who come from families that impose that upon them and the idea that, you know, they, even as children couldn't really be creative or imaginative. And um, it's very important, whether that's ever been instilled in you or not, that you just allow what was innately there to come out. I absolutely agree with that. It's, it's very important for everyone. It's so healing and, um, that's why the artist way that we talked about last week with Elizabeth Harbin is is very important for people to get involved in if they have the opportunity to take that course. Mm. Um, I did want to say, uh, you know, you have this amazing website, and and again, if people haven't visited, they should because SkylarLibertyRose.com. There's so many things on this uh, to to learn from and to be empowered by. You have a wild woman or a wild moon woman shop. Where did Wild Moon Woman come from? What is Where did that name come from? It kind of came from, well, first of all, I created Fierce Females as the first, um, first store. And I felt as though, much as I absolutely love my fierce expression, I'm also a great lover of poetry. And um, I felt as though I 
I really wanted to create something that honored the wilderness kind of within me and the connection I feel to um, to nature, to all things wild and being free-spirited. So it's still a, very much a, a, a form of self-expression for me, but I, I guess I just wanted it to be um, about going back, going, taking off all of the layers and just really honoring who we are as women and um, our, our expression of just appreciating and celebrating like that, that wild within us. And I, I think we all, we all hold some of that. So, um, and I'm, I'm very um, kind of, affected by my environment and even though I I love living in New York City with all its crazy chaos and everything else um, I also love to just get by the ocean get into the woods and get away from it all so it's kind of honoring that part of me as well that that deep connection to to history and to nature I love it I I know, Annette, you love it, because Wild Moon Woman, the minute I see that, I think of you. So I know you have to love that idea. <laughs> I do, I do. I love the idea of connecting with that part, because nature is such a, a that's where I find my inspiration. Take me to the mountains, and I can come up with a million different ideas, you know, right. and let me sit in the middle of a pasture with cows or horses, or a herd of deer or whatever, um, that inspires me more than anything else. So, yeah, the wild woman is part of who I am. Yeah, and I think that's something. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, No, I was just going to say I I love that. And um, I love the fact that um, I think that's so true for so many of us. um, But I think what we tend to do it as a society is um we we love to label um people and we love to put people in boxes so i didn't want to just be associated with fierce females i wanted to be able to express that i have this wild side i love being connected to nature and i also wanted other people to feel as though they too have the freedom to express themselves in many ways and that you know some people uh perhaps hold more of one kind of um like characteristic than another but we are just we're not one dimensional as humans and so we we don't need to just label ourselves we can celebrate all these different you know parts of of the um the joy that makes us up so um yeah i i'm really glad that people have been able to um, relate to that as well as to fierce females that's awesome it's amazing, and it, it's you know you do a great job of because your because your site is is your name you know Skylar Liberty Rose and then and then you have all these aspects that people can take from it does you do a great job of of you know not to minimize your fierce females of course we're all in love with that concept but <laughs> but like you said to not just you know 
basically label yourself as one piece, but to have a multidimensional self. And you've done a great job of doing that and also speaking to so many different types of women because we know even feminism speaks to the idea of looking through, you know, a grander lens and understanding that everybody has a different story and a different perspective as a result of that story. So you do a great job with that. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for being who you are and and for empowering women and, and, and people the way that you do. I know, like you said, um, though you are speaking to women and though that is something you're waving the flag for, I know plenty of men who are um, certainly inspired by you and empowered as well. And, and we also know, obviously, there are many men that struggle, um, although this is a very patriarchal world. At the same time, there are many men that struggle within that. So uh, it is a beautiful sure. thing, and we're all very grateful grateful to you for it. Um, one you. last thing for this show, again, this will not be the last time we have Skylar Liberty Rose on. Um, we will also have her on in the future and, and, and have more information from her. And, again, I hope that the listeners will send us questions or um, suggestions for maybe topics we can discuss with Skylar next time to our Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash Hour. But I had one last uh, piece I wanted to talk about with you, Skylar. Um, I read one of your articles uh, on positivelypositive.com, and it was Forever Friendships, These Two Shall Pass. You wrote that November 17, 2015, and that's when it was posted. And it was very very important for me to read and um, as are everything I've read from you thus far has been very important for me to read but um, this particular one I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of a tidbit of this Um, I'm not going to read the whole article obviously people can read it it's positivelypositive.com the article again is entitled Forever Friendships These Two Shall Pass but there's a few things that you mentioned um, and it's in terms of friendships that basically we don't have to hold people hostage. Uh, we all grow and, you know, we basically, sometimes we outgrow friendships. It doesn't necessarily mean that anyone is right or wrong, but that it just doesn't continue, but that we can still be grateful for what we had. We, we also, you know, experience friendships that change, but continue to be friendships as people can grow, but still kind of have that opposite attract, I think is what you called it. Um, when you stated, you know, that people can still maintain that friendship and just kind of respect where each of them, you know, has come to be. Um, But there's a few things that you wrote at the bottom, the five things to kind of keep in mind. I just want to say those, and then I'll let you, you know, discuss anything you might want to say about this topic. So I thought it was important, especially for women, because, you know, we do, I think, as women, at least I always hear women say that it's difficult to find good friends, you know, other women that we can be friends with. And and a lot of that has to do with that competitive factor. And then the idea that, you know, that women can really be hurtful to other women. And so this was important for me personally to read because of just my own past experiences with friends, but also just the way we perceive it because we have that, you know, social programming of women are our enemies, you know, within us. Um, So here's the five things I'll just read. Recognize that just as you are allowed to say yes to yourself, you're also allowed to say no thank you to others, and your friends are allowed to say the same. Understand that there will probably be conflict at some point in every friendship you have. It might be a big clash of opinions, maybe a minor collision. Either way, it doesn't necessarily have to be a deal breaker. Respect boundaries. 
Nobody else is obligated to deliver happiness to your door. That's your job. Likewise, you're not responsible for anybody else's contentment. Encouraging somebody else to empower themselves is a far greater gift than trying to fix their feelings. Being supportive is quite different from being someone else's entire support system. Caring is amazing. Feeling burdened is not. We don't have to sacrifice our own needs in order to show support to other people. By keeping balance, we are less likely to feel a sense of encumbrance and subsequent resentment. And then five, nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary. We are all just passing through this world. The people we meet and the places we visit are all part of our life experience. Appreciating the value of each each encounter without placing conditions or restrictions on it allows us to form more meaningful friendships regardless of their duration. I love it. Thank you for writing it. Amazing article if you haven't read it, positivelypositive.com. Um, very inspiring and certainly important for all people to read, but certainly women, because I know, again, I've heard it over and over how difficult it is for women to find and maintain friendships. So if there's anything that you'd like to share about that specific topic in the last couple of minutes we have here, I would love to hear it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd actually um, forgotten about that piece. I, I guess um, it was, yeah, that was last year that I, I wrote it. But it absolutely, I, I still very much feel um, feel connected to, uh, the, it was interesting hearing that being read back to me. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, it's absolutely something that I I have learned from my own experience um, with my personal friendships, and also from um, kind of witnessing, as, as you've explained, with um, you know other friends and comments that they've made about their friendships. I think we sometimes we attach we attach to to things we attach to other people, um, and practicing non-attachment is is very challenging um and i think most of us we we get so much from our personal relationships and our friendships that it's it's often difficult not to attach um i think the problem is when we or the problems can arise when we we look at other people and we give them a job that isn't theirs. And by that, I mean that we expect them to deliver happiness to us. We expect them to deliver security to us um, and all these other kind of things that really aren't their responsibility. Um, I think we we need to honor and respect um, our friends and be as, as good a friend to them as we're able to be. But... It, friendship isn't about you know a series of tick boxes and whether or not we meet all of those requirements and I have been I've had amazing friendships with people at different stages of my life and some of those friends I have lost contact with and I, I may never see again and that's okay it it doesn't devalue from the gift that that friendship brought to me at that time but we're not really designed to to stay static all the time um and I, I don't mean geographically although there is that but i think that we we journey um in in such different ways internally and 
for us to to grow and to learn and to get as much from our life experience as we can, we're much better to focus on um, on appreciating the gifts rather than attaching to the gift giver, as it were. Um, and I think that it it also it can reduce the stress of us feeling as though we have to be that support system to somebody else. Um, it's not about being selfish. It's not about not caring about our friends, but it's just about recognizing that we all have our own unique set of needs. And if we can go through life and retain friendships with the same people throughout our life, I think that is amazing. But if we don't manage to do that, it doesn't mean that we failed or they failed. Um, it just means that, you know, that that particular chapter is perhaps finished um, for now or perhaps forever. Um, but I think just not attaching to, to what, not attaching to expectation um, it can really just help reduce the pressure that we put on some of our personal relationships. I love the idea. I think the one thing that, you know, really stands out to me when you when you say, I mean, the whole article, like I said, spoke to me specifically because that's certainly, you know, something that I needed to read and I, I needed it for myself and my own growth. But the idea that we attach, you know, that we yes, to get more attached to the gift than we do the gift giver, I love that. So, again, thank you for sharing your work and, and all that you do and all the wonderful empowering tools that you've given women with your articles and your videos and um, all that you offer on your website as well. And just, I just want to personally thank you before Annette jumps in and wraps this up uh, that I just want to give you a personal, honest, you know, appreciation for the, the messages that you send me personally. Um, you know, as, as anyone out there that, that knows me, uh, I do express myself from the heart and I quite literally I'm a heart on my sleeve kind of person. My tattoos are are actually on my sleeve, and they actually are life story stuff. So I am literally someone that wears my heart on my mm-hmm. sleeve, and in that sense, um, you know, I do post when I'm going through good times, and I post when I'm going through bad times too. And and uh, no, it's not attention seeking, but it is uh, something because I'm well aware that I have a very supportive group of people on Facebook, and I, I know that um, it, it's good to have people lifting you up in the good times and in the rough times, and you are one of those people that has always, you know, since I've met you, uh, quote-unquote, met you on Facebook, on you have continually offered support, encouragement, inspiration, and, and you don't just do it through a comment. You always send me messages, too, and I cannot tell you how much that means to me, so thank you from the bottom of my heart for doing that. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, that is just, honestly, that's so wonderful for me to hear. And I I really appreciate that feedback. Um, and also, I, I, from the community that supports me on Facebook, I, again, just want to thank them and thank all of you, everyone that allows me the, the space um, to do what I do. And I, I hope that people do come away from my page feeling as though that there is a sense of community and that we can all uplift and inspire each other and also um, that we can absolutely be brave enough to be vulnerable. I don't believe in suppression and so I, I really support it when people just say that today, this is, you know, I'm not doing today, I'm not adulting today, it's just not working for me. <laughs> you know, I think we need to just be able to, like, you know, 
offer some support and comfort because that's real life. That's what we all deal with. And I, I never want to present myself as a perfect person with a perfect life. And I, I certainly don't expect anyone else to either. So thank you so, so much for saying that. I, I really hugely appreciate it. And it's very much mutual. Thank you. Well, uh, we have truly enjoyed having you on the show. And, um, you know, for me, I just feel like we do need that support. And I'm older than all, both of you <laughs> by a few years. Um, and I think um, it doesn't get any easier. People always say, oh, it, you know, as you get older, it gets easier. Well, I'm here to tell you it doesn't. And, you know, we do, we do need that support as much as the young women do. So it's really, really important to just support women in general in whatever they're doing. And, you know, when you were talking about fear, I will paraphrase this because I don't remember it exactly, but my, my artistic hero, Georgia O'Keeffe, um, she is my hero on many levels, but um, she said she was afraid every single day of her life, but she did it anyway. And I love that. I really, yeah, she is just, she's amazing on many levels. Even um, I admire her for being in her 80s and 90s and having a 30-something <laughs> young man hang out with her all the time. So, <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> <laughs> she was a wonderful, wonderful inspiration to many, many people on many levels. But, um, you know, I think it's really important that we, you know, I, I love your message of empowerment and giving women the tools that they need uh, in order to find that empowerment within themselves that they may have misplaced. It's always there. You know, we just, sometimes we misplace it. Um Absolutely. Very, very pleased to have you on the show. And before we end, I just want to say that Skylar has, she was chosen one of the best 50 women's empowerment blogs of 2015 um, by the Institute of Psychology of Eating and the top 101 most inspiring blog by Guided Mind. And that is a in itself, all of those things. So we're really pleased that you're here to share your wisdom and your love and your support for all of us. And we really Thank look forward you. to having you back. Thank you so much to both of you. And, you know, a huge shout out to you guys for doing what you're doing because I think I love this online space that, you know, you're creating with the show where you're giving women a platform to have their voices heard. I think it's crucial and I absolutely support what you're doing and um, I have every confidence you guys will go from strength to strength with this because it, it's crucial to, to women everywhere. So thank you very much. Thank well, you. thank you so much. And listen, everybody, next week we have... Um, a great show it is about uh, taking care of our kids who may be a little anxious. And this is a good show for parents and grandparents to watch because I'm sure we've all had anxious children before for one reason or another. And Diana Clark is the uh, guest for that. And then we have Courtney Headley for our next week. We're very excited about her. She's a friend of ours too. And 
A renaissance woman. I call her a renaissance woman because that's what she is. <laughs> she does it all. <laughs> so we are excited for those next two shows, and we've got great shows lined up for May and June already. So just be on the lookout for our page, Girl Power Hour on Facebook, and our personal pages, and we will see you next week. <laughs>